This is 15-Minute History, a podcast for educators, students, and history buffs featuring the minds and talents of the University of Texas at Austin. 15-Minute History is a partnership of Not Even Past and Hemispheres in the College of Liberal Arts at UT Austin. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Marcelo. I'm from History Department. Um, today, in our 15-Minute History, our guest uh, is the Professor Andrea Menezes. She is professor in the Department of Linguistics and Literature of the Federal University of São Paulo in Brazil. During this semester, she is a visitor scholar of Lilas Benson, where she is doing her postdoctoral research comparing the Brazilian musical genre foro and the Argentinian folklore. Last year, her doctoral research was launched in Brazil as a book named Pandeiros and Bandenones, Vozes Marginais e Disciplinadoras no Samba e no Tango. It can be translated as Tambourines and Bandoneones, Marginal, marginal and Disciplinary Voices in Samba and Tango. In this book, Professor Menezes makes a comparative study between these musical styles since 1940s. She focuses on especially on how conflicts between the marginal voices and the disciplinary voices of the national states emerge in their lyrics. Professor Menezes, could you tell us a little bit about the samba and tango and also talk about the origins of the samba and tango? Hi, Marcelo. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, samba and tango are two musical genres that appeared more or less at the same time in Brazil and Argentina and are closely related to the idea of a national symbol. About their origins, it is not a very easy answer because it is possible to find different versions about their origins. In the case of samba, scholars usually point out that it came from other musical genres such as the Portuguese fandango or Cuban habanera. But we can say that the most important contributions came from the cultural backgrounds of Brazilian populations of African origin. We can say that samba began in the early 20th century in the city of São, uh, Rio de Janeiro, which was then the capital of Brazil. The abolition of slavery in Brazil was in 1888, and many ex-slaves migrated from different parts of the country to the capital. The ones who came from the region of uh, Reconcavo Baiano, located in the Brazilian Northeast, were especially important to the genesis of samba. One of the most recognized hypotheses is that the samba appeared in the house of the Chias Baianas, which means aunts from Bahia. That was the name used to call the matriarchs of these Bahian families. These migrants lived in old houses in the neighborhood of Rio de Janeiro named Saúde, where they, uh, where they organized parties that used to gather people of different social classes, geographic origins, and cultural backgrounds. Samba probably was the result of this mixture. The first composition recorded with the classification of samba is Pelo Telefone in 1918, and its composer, Donga, was a regular attendant of these events. 
Although the samba is associated with socially marginalized populations, Brazilian intellectuals and even politicians were involved in this uh, process of stabilization of this musical genre, especially in its associated to the symbol of Brazilianness. O chefe da polícia pelo telefone manda me avisar E com alegria não se questione para se brincar O chefe da polícia pelo telefone manda me avisar E com alegria não se questione para se brincar Ai, 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 deixa as águas para trás, ó oh, rapaz Ai, 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 fica triste, fica triste, fica triste So, and what about the tango? Well, curiously, the process of stabilization of tango as a musical genre has many similarities to the samba one. It also emerged between the late 19th and early 20th centuries on the outskirts of Argentina's federal capital by marginalized population and is commonly related to the image of national symbol. In that moment, Buenos Aires were, uh, was receiving a great wave of European immigrants, especially Spaniards and Italian, as well as migrants from the interior of the country. This poor population lived in the slums located in the peripheries of the capital, where they spoke their different languages and mixed their different cultural backgrounds. There is also much discussion about the probable uh, influence of the Afro-Argentine population on the tango. Musically, there are also contributions from Horo-Argentine musical genres, as well as from the Habanera, the same that was related to the samba. About the contents of the lyrics, it is interesting to observe another similarity to the samba. It is common to find in its lyrics, especially in the older compositions, characters who committed socially reproachable acts, such as pimping, fights, murder, violence against women, described in a proud way. Another important point of convergence uh, with uh, samba is that tango, although in its beginning it was socially barely seen because of its relation with socially uh, marginalized environments, ended being adopted by the intelligentsia of its country and being associated with the image of national symbol. Okay, if we think uh, of the beginning of these two kind of different kind of music, especially from the foreign view, with American view actually, so the first characters that came into mind are Carmen Miranda and Carlos Gardel. What are the role in this process? Well, samba and tango arose when the radio and the cinema were being established as mass media in Brazil and Argentina. The radio in Brazil was officially, uh, officially installed in 1922, and in the following decade, it had already 30 radio stations. In Argentina, the first radio station appeared in 1920, and by 1928, the country already had 36 radio stations. In the beginning, uh, in these two countries, radio was a state organization in its 
programmation had an educational aspect, as well as was used as an instrument of state propaganda. However, the radio stations gradually gained commercial uh, outlines, beginning to emit mainly musical programs, build up the music market and promoting the appearance of pop stars. By the 1930s, tango and samba were no longer considered marginal music and had become the most popular genre in their countries. This popularity was reflected in how often they played on radio shows. The cinema was also a great diffuser of these genres, since in the first commercial sound films made in Brazil and Argentina, they used it to follow the model spread by the United States, where the stories revolved around the songs. In this situation, samba and tango were the privileged genres in those cinematographic beginnings. The first sound film made in Brazil was the musical Coisas Nossas, that means Our Things, in 1931. It presents aspects of the Brazil from the 1920s and early 1930s. In Argentina, the first film was released in 1932, and it was called, guess what? Tango. The film tells a classic story of tango lyrics. A poor and beautiful girl who falls in love with a bad guy who abandons her at the end. It had the participation of some of the greatest tango singers of the time, such as Libertad Lamarque and Tita Merelo. This association between the samba and the tango with the cinematographic industry was so strong that appeared in Brazil and in Argentina some cinematographic genres known as tango film or tango opera and the carnival film. Therefore, the most important actors at the beginning of the cinema were exactly the most famous singers at the music industry. It was in the context that the figures of Carlos Gardel and Carmen Miranda appeared. They were not only excellent singers, but also beautiful and charming actors. Carlos Gardel, unfortunately, had a short life uh, because he died in an airplane accident in 1935 when he was 45 years old. He participated in 11 films in total, two recorded in Argentina, four in Paramount uh, Studios in France, and five in Paramount Studios in New York. The first film that Carmen Miranda participated in was called Alô, Alô, Carnaval, and was premiered in 1936. In 1940, she made her debut in the United States with the film Tropical Serenade. She made a total of six films in Brazil and of uh, 14 films in the U.S., where she lived for many years in the city of Los Angeles. In these films, music, especially samba and tango, was a central element and definitely the success they had abroad helped to associate the image of Brazil as the country of the samba and Argentina as the land of tango. There's a fun thing here. That's Carmen Miranda. Actually, she wasn't Brazilian, right? Oh, that's true. She was born in Portugal, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she raised it and uh, she grew up in Brazil. So she, yeah, yeah. Andrea, you have mentioned that the samba and tango uh, 
were associated to the idea of the national symbols. How did it occur? Well, in the, the end of the 19th century and the first decades of the 20th uh, centuries, uh, were the scene of intense nationalist discussions all over the world. One of the main focus of these discussions was the definition of a homogeneous national population, both uh, racially and culturally. However, Brazil was a multi-ethnic country, especially because of the numerous uh, presence of the population of African ancestry resulted of almost four centuries of African uh, enslaved. Also, Argentina was a multi-ethnic country in this case because of the migra migratory flood that this country received during the second half of the 19th century. So the exit uh, found against the racial diversity was the adoption of the image of the melting pot. As I said before, people of different social classes, geographic and even ethnic backgrounds participated in the stabilization of the Samba and the Tango. Therefore, despite the marginal origins of these genres, they were adopted by the intelligentsia of this country as an incarnation of the melting pot. In the Brazilian case, there was even some state participation in this association. Actually, it is interesting to note that the marginal characters of the lyrics of Samba and Tango, who were hardly seen before, had their characteristics changed in a positive way. Anarchy become independence, murder and brutality in courage and cheating in intelligence. Andrea, but are the samba and tango really seen as a national symbols in Brazil and in Argentina, especially nowadays? It is especially interesting to note that although the association of samba and tango to the idea of national symbols occurred at the beginning of the 20th century, and many other musical genres have emerged since then, it remains in many different ways to this day. However, in the case of Argentina, tango is more associated specifically to the city of Buenos Aires, something that we find strongly expressed in its lyrics. The genres related to the Argentina folklore, uh, my current object of study, are more associated by the Argentinian uh, to the imaginary of nation. But I could say that in the case of Brazil, this association is still very strong. For example, I watched the first game of Brazil in the World Cup, an event seen in Brazil as a very patriotic uh, moment, here in Austin. I went to a Brazilian restaurant that announced that during the broadcast they would serve feijoada, caipirinha and samba. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea, for your interview. Uh, I think it was very interesting. Thank you. Brazilian senoritas, they are sweet and shy. They dance and play together when the sun is high. But when the tropical moon is in the sky, I hide. For a transcript of this episode, images, and links to more information, visit our website at 15minutehistory.org. That's the numerals 15minutehistory.org. You can access our full catalog of episodes free of charge at our website and through the iTunes U app for iOS or the Tunes Viewer app for Android. You can also access the 10 most recent episodes through the Apple Podcasts app, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, and Overcast.
Fifteen Minute History is produced in partnership between Not Even Past and the Hemispheres Outreach Consortium. Our executive editor is Joan Newberger, and our technical editor is Christopher Rose. Our audio engineers are the awesome folks in the Liberal Arts Instructional Technology Services, Jacob Weiss, Morgan Honecker, Will Kurtzner, Samantha Skinner, and Michael Heidenreich. Special thanks also to Michael DeLeon, iTunes U Site Administrator with Project 2021 and Educational Innovation. The University of Texas at Austin is a free speech campus. Opinions and viewpoints expressed in episodes of 15-Minute History do not represent the official position of the University of Texas or of any of its colleges or departments. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.